Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Alexis. Oh, we it's have a and... returning cast member here. Mm-hmm. Alexis. Alexis Jones, I guess, would be your last name uh-huh. in the canon of in Better Cast Saul. In the canon of Bald Move, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we're back. Season six has, has aired its first two episodes. Um, we're back to talk about the first one here. We're going to do another podcast releasing the same day for the second one and this is for posterity for back catalog people who are like but i've only seen the first episode we we did it for you yeah uh so with that in mind let's get into episode one alexis i almost said aaron because i'm so used <laughs> to throwing the air on here it's alexis, my beard it's very confusing that i understand too, yeah. yeah uh what'd you think of episode one only don't you dare talk about episode two. Oh, that's a lot of pressure okay <laughs> I think we are already seeing a lot of groundwork being laid for the rest of the season, just right off the bat. And also, a very beautiful montage at the beginning, Mm -hmm. which I totally loved. And a little bit of Jimmy being Jimmy at the end of the episode, which I also love. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm a happy camper. One of the big reasons I tune into this show is just to watch Jimmy be Jimmy. And I was a little worried, like, coming out of the last season that we might not see... As much Jimmy being Jimmy, um, but it does feel like, based on these first two episodes, or maybe the first episode alone is all you need, <laughs> perhaps, uh, that we are going to see plenty of Jimmy being Jimmy, but it's going to be almost like at the end of a gun, right? Like, yeah. Kim almost is forcing him into this now, which is super weird. It but, is a really interesting dynamic yeah. to have her be more of the driving force behind the slipping Jimmy stuff. Yeah, and she's very good at it still. Oh, so um, good at it. But like, yeah, it's it's just different. Um, but it's still he's still you know when he's in the con he's still on the ball. So I'm oh absolutely enjoying every second of it. And this is a particularly good one, I'd say. Uh, and it's the long con too. This mm-hmm. this is the thing. I I feel like in season five, season five, we get uh, a semi long con. Like we're warming up to this, which is going to be the full on season of Connie Howard, but with the Acker stuff, I felt like all that stuff was like a medium length con. Definitely. And that was also a little bit more of Kim getting her feet wet in more serious ploys. Yeah. Yeah. And being okay with it. Completely in the pool, splashing around. And it's wild. Yeah. Just like playing with cutouts and Mm -hmm. It's a whole situation. I, I really did like this episode. Um, elements of this episode. I, I do think it's a setup episode. It so is, like, 100%. You got to take it with a grain of salt. You got to say, okay, this, you know, isn't the most exciting stuff. Like watching Nacho run <sighs> north <Yeah>. for 20 <laughs> minutes of this this and the next episode. Another like 30 minutes of that episode. I was tempted to skip forward a little bit in Nacho scenes, but it was worth it just to see a, a very powerful slide that Michael Mando <laughs> <Sure>. executes. 
yeah. in his first scene. Oh. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, but the best parts for me were clearly this opening montage, which we'll talk about in a second, <laughs> and then the con stuff happening oh, yeah. with, uh, what is it, Howard and, and Cliff in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. Good so, stuff. And I think the Gus stuff is going to be exciting. Um, just like we kind of know where this stuff ends up, right, with Juan and mm-hmm. Hector and all that stuff. But it's exciting to see them connect the dots because it always felt like, how are they going to get to this place right. where these particular things are set up this way? And yeah. I think they've done a really good job. I do feel a little bit bad. It seems like Gus just lives in the chicken trailer now. Yeah. That's unfortunate for him. But also, I think he's afraid for his life. I think Lyle got a promotion. <laughs> Because <laughs> Gus is always out. Oh yeah, sure. Or did he get fired after like not scrubbing that that fryer correctly? I know he didn't, but considering that fryer uh, also doesn't exist anymore now, oh, he's probably fine. Miles at home collecting unemployment. Yeah, boy. Or he's working yeah, socks at the location. Underwear. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Probably just moved him. Mm-hmm. What about socks and underwear? Oh, was sitting in his socks and underwear. Mm-hmm. Thought you're implying you got paid in socks and underwear. That, was weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be no, your idea. In, in Los Poyos <laughs> uniforms. Yeah. Apparently, definitely. he lived in those. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what I thought. Pretty, pretty good episode, but a lot of setup, and so it wasn't the most thrilling stuff in the world. But you know, it was hmm. this amazing opening montage. This right. highly choreographed group of people packing up a Saul Goodman's house. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's take a quick break first, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, what what happens? There is... I, shall I list them? There's a kaleidoscope of ties. There is mm-hmm. a Trump toilet. There is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all I could think about watching this scene. I was like, oh my God, this is throne. just Trump's house, Trump's apartment in New York. Yeah, but somehow it's more tasteful because at least there's some color, right? It's not just right. white and gold. Some natural materials. Yeah. And yeah, all painted, by the way. All that marble, painted by hand. By the art department. Huh. Incredible. No real marble was harmed in the making of this episode. Interesting way to put it, but yes, hmm. no real marble was harmed. It was recreated. The other thing I was thinking was Scarface. When I saw this circular bed and like Oh yeah. The 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 just the palatial bathroom. I don't know. Scarface has a weird house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's news to me. Yeah. I haven't seen Scar yeah, that's right. I haven't seen Scarface. You can hmm. make all your noises. Okay, done. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, th- there was just so much to take in. There was. In this scene. There was. Like there, there are a lot of Easter eggs in here. Like if you look at yes. the, the the things that they're collecting, um, and, the, and a lot of things they don't collect. Like mm-hmm. in the closet, I saw. Okay, they're collecting all these shoes and clothes and stuff, and obviously, Saul's clothes are ridiculous. But he's got a pair, the pair of walking shoes that he. G- gifted to or he had a ton of them right he had a whole trunk full of these things because he didn't know her size yeah from a previous season where he scammed an old lady Mm -hmm. very nice 
So that was there. Um, not so much an Easter egg, but there's like Viagra and just like it's, a shitload of vitamins, prescription yeah. pills. He apparently was in poor health to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine his nerves were amazing those last few years. No. Being a friend of the cartel and all that shit. Being a friend of Walter White. Being a friend of Walter White, yeah. Dear God. Apparently, this scene is so difficult that the production team felt the need to hire uh, dance choreographers hmm. to actually choreograph the scene. That's kind Interesting. of amazing. There is kind of a flow to it. Yeah. There is a flow, if you yeah. watch it. It's pretty the, satisfying. The camera moves along with all the people moving in particular ways to show mm-hmm. certain things off. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed just looking through everything that was going on. There, there are a couple things that I think might be important later, like that little black book that oh, they find. Yeah, right? I, I couldn't really tell what was in it. It looks like just a bunch of scribbles. That's probably just Saul's handwriting. But like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's going to come back to incriminate other people or something but like everybody at that point is dead right because this is yeah uh, let's be clear this is a flash forward right right right. we did not get treated to a black and white gene scene at the very beginning of this episode which is the biggest change from every past season where Mm -hmm. we had a opening gene scene yep which to me says they're probably going to be doing more gene stuff toward the end of this season that's what i suspect might even end on it and i'm so nervous i'm so nervous about it i don't know why Hmm. all right i'm nervous to see Saul Goodman's final steps. Yeah. I don't know. I, it'll be fun, I'm I'm sure. Um, there's obviously, they zoom in on this one so everybody knows what's up, but the Zafiro Añejo uh, stopper is in the gutter. Yes, this object of such sentimental importance mm-hmm. is the one thing that ends up in the gutter. Yeah, th- there's actually a lot of little things like that. Like the... Um, the photo that Jimmy had of the Mesa Verde logo, the guy on the mm-hmm. horse. That was in a box. It's in there somewhere. somewhere. I, I get the feeling like he's keeping these trinkets from his past because he misses like, you know, Kim or like the time that they spent together or something. Yeah. There, there's definitely like a feeling of, oh, he's collecting nostalgia items here. Mm-hmm. I think I saw the visor from his first commercial shoot too. Oh, or yeah, his, yeah. Or not his first commercial shoot, his first commercial shoot as... Someone from the TV station. Mm. But he wasn't. Right. That makes sense. Hmm. Um, they show us one of his cars, too. They do. Uh, his, the, his only car, his car. Cadillac, his yeah. white caddy. I, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have more cars with a you house were waiting. like that. Yeah, you were waiting for the garage shot. Like, come on, right. show me the vehicles. Which Because he probably had to have a lot of silly cars, right? You would think. I mean, he always... Had a little bit of a bug up his butt about the esteem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and how shitty it was. Right. He really hated yeah. that car. So you would think that that would expand into, yes, just a huge garage full of cars, but maybe not. And now he's driving just the worst, the ugliest, the most pedestrian and shitty car ever, the Ford Taurus. Cam agrees with you. <laughs> Especially that, <laughs> like, model, that... that curvy ugh, yeah bleh. it's gross i knew a lot of people with ford tauruses in the 90s and they're ugly ugly terrible cars with useless trunks yep yep agree all right oh oh the one other thing yep. before we leave the scene there's an hg wells time machine book mm. in the scene that you can spy and 
we see that show up later. We we see it show up in episode two, but mm-hmm. in the episode two timeline, we're back in time. So right. we don't really know like the significance that the time machine book is going to have yet, but we've seen it both in the timeline of like Better Call Saul and also the timeline after Breaking Bad. So nice. it's going to be, I. I wonder if like if that will be significant to the Howard thing in some way. Hmm. And it's like a souvenir of that conquest or that heist or whatever maybe yeah. good theory I like it I don't know. we'll see all right next title sequence yeah then after that we cut to nacho fleeing lalo's estate right where we left him in the last season he's just running north through the desert and that's his job for two episodes <laughs> yeah pretty much this is the scene where he executes that amazing like full prey instinct dive into the what would you call that uh ravine sort of thing ditch Ditch. sure ditch a gutter (laughs) slides right into the gutter a dirt gutter yeah uh yeah i which is hilarious to me because he's got this bright red shirt on and i'm like man just roll around in the dirt or something for a bit yes just calm that red down a little bit (laughs) because you do not blend in at all it's true. It's very true. And there's not, honestly, a whole lot more to say about that. He is on the run. He still cares about regular people, right? That's well, one of the things he okay. asks about when oh, he makes this sure. phone call. He, he cares about them, but doesn't care about them to, enough to do anything about it. He just asks. Yeah. I mean, he's always been kind of writing that line, right? He wants to yeah. be an honest criminal, I guess. It's the distinction between, sure. like, what Mike says to... Is it, what's his name with the baseball cards and the car? It's so Colin Robinson. That's no. his name. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, that guy Preston or, or Calvin or, he's got some shitty name, some just bad name. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you have the same sorry, shitty name as it. <laughs> Preston's and Calvin's everywhere. Uh, no, that, that guy, right? With the pills and all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. That's, yeah, what about him? I've totally forgotten him. Okay. Oh, no, it's it's what Mike says to him about uh, you can be a criminal and a good guy mm-hmm. or a criminal and a bad guy, right? Like sure. breaking the law doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you're breaking morals. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel like Nacho is that, right? He's the criminal who, the criminal with the heart of gold. It's cliche, but. Yeah, no, you're, that's definitely what they're going for with him. Yeah. I just don't buy it. I think it's BS. I mean, but. if you compare him to Lalo, though, like... Oh, for sure. Especially in the next scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, in the next scene, mm-hmm. we have Lalo collecting his, bo- his body double. Yes. Which, apparently, he has been building, like, a like a hobby project model for the last year. I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to get extensive dental work but that's what he had done and as soon as he mentioned that in that scene i'm like oh shit (laughs) you've been planning this for a while yeah oh you're so evil yeah as soon as he asked like the guy to hey uh, keep the the mustache and the soul patch it looks great when he's telling the guy to go shave his beard uh i was like oh he's gonna body double that guy (laughs) he's he's gonna use him as the decoy body to make everybody think he's dead yes and it's turned out a very sad, very affecting 
the way that they play it, making these this couple seem just like very sweet, ordinary people who have benefited mm-hmm. from his kindness because he is, at least as long as you're not like a small boy or a teenager, a teenage boy. Yeah. Uh, he's very nice to everybody around him. He's very charismatic. And, th- and that's one of the things like that I'm kind of talking about, you know, the difference between Nacho and Lalo. Uh, mm-hmm. Lalo, I-, I remember last season when he got to his family's house, uh, his yeah. house, he was like, oh, these are all my family and these mm-hmm. are my people and like come meet them and, and like be happy party. and all this stuff. Yeah. And then you look at like, you can imagine him doing the same thing with this dude mm-hmm. and and his wife or whoever this is and and all he's doing that for is so that he will have a way out when things get too tough for him yep whereas i don't feel like nacho does that i feel like nacho wants you know good people to to stay that way and not be harmed by what he's doing it is more genuine for sure lalo um as much as he might genuinely like people he definitely sees them as assets and tools oh yeah and he is not afraid to kill anybody in cold blood at all apparently Mm -hmm. i noticed throughout the course of the scene um he keeps refusing food and i swear to god i think that might be intentional i think that's like some weird code of honor some game of thrones type thing where like he doesn't want to accept bread and salt because he is about to visit so much misfortune yeah what is that called like guest right guest right yeah yeah Yeah, some weird guest right stuff like yeah that's a good point i didn't i i noticed that like subconsciously mm. but i didn't really piece it together what that might be but yeah and he does seem i don't know he does seem at least a little bit regretful of this but also he still did it so right still 100 percent psychopath Mm -hmm. (laughs) right next scene we are cutting to kim and jimmy at their apartment where it seems mostly business as usual. They're getting ready for their days. Because they think Lalo's dead, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. they got told last season that he was dead uh, by Mike? Yeah, Mike. Told oh, yeah. Jimmy forced Mike to tell him what was going on. Yeah, he said, Lalo Salamanca will die tonight or whatever. So um, that's the information they're going forward with. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy still seems a little... Uh, like off his footing with Kim. Oh yeah, I mean he can't sleep, and I noticed Kim's like sleeping next to him, just like a baby. Mm-hmm. No, no worries. Yeah, she's feeling good about her plan. And Did I guess ever... J- Jimmy is is gonna let Kim borrow a suit for one of her clients. I I feel like this is an important suit because later Jimmy says something like, uh, "I hope that suit brings you more luck than it did me." And I feel mm-hmm. like he might have been wearing it during like uh, during like maybe his what is it rebarment i I don't know what the term is for getting (laughs) your your license uh reinstated Mm -hmm. but or getting back on the bar i was gonna ask you if you had done any more research to that effect no i did not have time of course yeah i had to rewatch the episodes and all that stuff but um i don't know it it's like a brown suit and he doesn't wear a ton of brown suits anymore Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more like crazy, crazy patterns and stuff. Yeah, I know. He's definitely out of his trying to look legit phase. But it seemed significant. It did. Also significant. Uh, it seems like Kim made sure Jimmy was watching whenever she threw out that lawyer mug. Mm-hmm. 
yeah i don't really know exactly what that means i'm i feel like it's some you know last vestige of their old life or something or some small act of sort of rebellion on her part like or just like forget about the you know this was a dangerous stupid insane thing that you mm-hmm. did forget about all that yeah it's we've over got now. all this money and exactly and now we're just in that life yep or i guess they think they're out of it they think they're out of they? it for sure yeah. yeah next we're cutting to who i would say is the breakout star of season five that's the macro ant <laughs> <laughs> okay returning returning star the macro ant and over the course of the scene the cousins find lalo's body double and it seems like they buy it the macro finger too my god they got close yeah those pores i i work under a microscope sometimes so i'm used to seeing fingers like that but Uh, yes it must be very upsetting for normies like you totally (laughs) like too much detail no thank you i can see your pores i don't like it (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, but it does look like the cousins have bought it. Sorry, mm-hmm. I already said that, didn't I? Okay. Sure. Okay, next scene. We're in the chicken trailer again. Right. Where Gus lives now. Uh, Juan Bolsa calls him and fills him in. Uh, Yes. Juan is not sure who exactly did it, but he does know that Gus, or Gus, that Nacho <laughs> is a rat. He knows that Nacho is a rat, and it seems through his tone that he is intimating to Gus that he is on his radar. That Maybe Gus I'm is? Or... Yeah, that Gus is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was kind of the vibe I was getting from that call. He was like, now listen, we're in a very difficult time where nobody needs to do anything bad or crazy. Oh, right, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we definitely know that that relationship goes places. Uh, in Breaking Bad, I think when we start off, they are kind of at each other's throats. I know eventually Gus sends in some people <laughs> to visit Juan. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I won't talk too much about that. I don't really want to spoil Breaking Bad if you haven't seen it. But oh, boy, it's hard not to talk about Breaking Bad with this show. Yeah, I know it's definitely a thing where people have not seen Breaking Bad and they have watched Better Call Saul, to those people I say, wow, I admire your whatever it is you have that made you make that decision. And your restraint not to have watched it between seasons five and six. Yeah, that too. Uh, This is definitely like this chicken trailer is the same one, you know, the same place that we see guests meeting a lot of time in Breaking Bad. Mm Mm-hmm. With Walt and Jesse and all those people, but completely like completely recreated, yeah. Um, I I can't recall seeing it in Break in Better Call Saul yet, but I could be wrong about that. I feel like I have seen it before in I Better mean, Call Saul. Here's okay. the thing: I've watched the entire show <laughs> in I, the last right. like two or three weeks. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you which season I saw it in, but I, it seems very familiar to me, and I've only seen Breaking Bad all the way through once so don't think it would be from that I don't know I don't know Mike is trying so hard still to get leniency for Nacho (sighs) yeah give it up man (laughs) (laughs) I mean he realizes like he's the guy who said the thing about like good criminals bad criminals he knows 
Nacho's a good criminal and yeah feels bad for him because his dad's getting sucked into this and like what choice did right. Nacho have right he got put between a rock and a hard place um and I think you know Mike feels for him mm-hmm. I I'm trying to figure out how to interpret and read Gus's stuff about Nacho having his respect. I think that does not necessarily mean that he won't kill Nacho. Yeah. Because I remember like how he dealt with Walt mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad. Let's talk some more Breaking Bad All and right, spoil yeah. that um, for people who haven't seen Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Skip ahead like 30 <laughs> seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, I, I remember how he dealt with Walt and he always respected Walt. I mean, Walt's cooking abilities. That's why he brought mm-hmm. him in, right? And he tried to kill Walt multiple times because oh, yeah, cause his he cooking still respected ability him. But, it was the only thing that was respectable about right, him. Right, yeah. right. And he had Gail who kind of, you know, worked uh, just as well as him eventually. But like, yeah, I, so Gus is not above killing people that he respects. I don't mm-hmm. think that Nacho is safe just because yeah, no way. What? Mike is there no. to say, hey, you respect him, right? Yeah, no, Gus is going to do what Gus is going to do. I don't know that Mike has that much of a say in it. And actually, at the end of the scene, I think, I think personally, that is when this character decided that Nacho is expendable. Yeah, could be. Because there's some... I mean, he's been wanting to kill him for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I think the look on Gus's face at the end of this scene is setting up something that we see in the next episode in terms of throwing Nacho under the bus, basically. Hmm. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that (laughs) in this episode. Right. Next scene. We are cutting to the courthouse where Kim and Jimmy go their separate ways to dispense their own flavors of justice. Hmm. Jimmy walks up on the Guzman. Prosecutors in the hallway. Willingly. Willingly walks up to these people in the hallway. After stealing himself for a second. Sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, he slips right back into Saul Goodman mode, and it's fun to watch. He does. It is fun. He shits the bed a little bit at the end by dropping totally. the name. Whoa. What? Yeah. He gets too, he gets a little too worked up, I think. Mm-hmm. And he tries to play it off, but that's got to come back to haunt him, right? It's got to, yeah. I don't know how common of a nickname that is, but. I mean, among the Salamanca family. I don't know. I, I guess I just don't know how much of this family is known to, like, the DEA yeah. and the powers that be. I don't know. They seem... Law enforcement seems somewhat familiar with yeah. the Salamancas. I'm... I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Like, I'm trying to remember what Hank and Gomi had to say when, you know, Crazy 8 was... Uh, being interrogated that's been a while that's been a while but yeah it, it's a big mistake it's a big slip up and he tries to cover up but i don't know if it worked jimmy also mentions the idea of prosecutorial misconduct in this conversation and that kind of got my brain clicking a little bit that got my attention and i'm wondering if maybe that might be kind of the end game for kim and jimmy with regard to howard in order to, like, get him disbarred, or I yeah, I think there, I I think there may be some level of provocation. Like, I think the fact that they're going after Howard in ways that he would be able to see coming mm-hmm. a mile off 
is very suspicious to me. Hmm. And it makes me think. So all this is not the trap. It's just the bait for the real trap. I think so. My suspicion. It's my theory. Yeah. I'm sticking to it. Definitely playing the long con, like I said. Absolutely. Later that night, Jimmy meets Kim at the El Camino Diner after she's just spoken to some of her down on their fairy down on their luck clients. Yeah, and she's kind of brainstorming up the Saul Goodman image. Like she is, all the things yeah. that we think of when we think of Saul Goodman. This is like, where she gives him shit about his car, isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> like you're gonna drive that shitty Taurus around. Right. Uh, Saul Goodman drives a Ford Taurus, <laughs> a brown one. Uh yeah. I mean that probably pushes him to getting the white caddy. Mm-hmm. Um probably pushes him to getting a golden toilet too I don't, <laughs> I don't know and then pillars made of gold and plants the seed plants the seed of the golden throne yes yes uh it yeah it was crazy to me like how much of jimmy's uh there are saul's image was made by her and and you know not the suits and stuff right he's already got that mm-hmm. he's got a flavor of his own but she's kind of taking the image that he's built and running with it she is. She she uses this wonderful phrase, the Cathedral of Justice. And that's exactly what his office ends up being with the pillars totally. and the Constitution, all of it, 1,000%. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, the name of this diner that they're in, this uh, dining room, is El Camino, mm-hmm. which is obviously the name of the movie, the Breaking Bad movie, uh, starring Jesse is a prequel or sorry a sequel to breaking bad uh and i guess indirectly a sequel to this as well true uh and the el camino i just like this whole scenario is so ridiculous it's because they're sitting here planning howard's downfall right Mm -hmm. and like I can just imagine, because this is not like a fancy dining room where Howard takes his meals and drinks right. and meetings with his clients, right? She's in some shitty motel dining room, mm-hmm. probably off like a backwoods highway or whatever, <laughs> a back desert highway uh, for New Mexico. I just imagine like if Howard knew that this is where his demise was planned, like he would just be so angry. <laughs> insult to injury, absolutely. Right, right. Yes, insult to insult to injury. Yep. It is pretty amazing. Uh, and it seems the way that this talking about building on Saul Goodman's image and talking about her plan with Howard, it seems very much to me like she is trading her full support and building on the idea of Saul Goodman mm-hmm. for working on this plan to take Howard down with her. Like trying to, she's she's trading her support for him, for his support for her. Oh, kind of a tit for tat thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause she needs the sandpiper money as much as he does. Like if she wants to run, she's quit her huge job. Yeah. Pro bono practice Mm -hmm. full time. Yeah. She's going to need that money. So for sure. Yeah, she's jumping on board his train, and he's doing the same. And that's at the end of the scene, I think, is when we see he's finally basically acquiescing to this Mm -hmm. idea. Like, okay, I'll hear you out at least. Hearing doesn't hurt anything. Of course, we know how that goes. Yeah, he does more than that (laughs) by the end of this episode. (laughs) So much more, and it's wonderful. All right, the next time we see Nacho, he's in a culvert in the desert. 
while the Federale pass overhead. He's Big directed, surprise. Nacho in a ditch. <laughs> Nacho in a ditch. Big surprise. It's a wet ditch this time. <laughs> Ugh, nothing worse than a wet ditch. That's what I always say. Uh, he's directed to a safe place, and he settles in. Right. The world's cinder-blockiest hotel is what I'll say. Is how I'll say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the they, they give the name of this place later. It's on the sign. I didn't the, pick it up in this episode. Is it the El Cotillo? Oh, El Cotillo? El Cotillo? That sounds yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's told to... He's told to wait a couple days, and just like that's it. Easy. Easy should be easy. Turn on the TV. Should be easy. Yeah. I, I could do two days standing on my head, no problem. Without without a smartphone. Without a phone, I just turn on the TV. I'll sleep. Did that place even have a TV? Didn't seem like the kind of place that would have a TV. It might not have. I, I can't it, remember I think seeing it maybe one. Maybe didn't have it. Definitely doesn't have a functional AC. Which we'll we don't even into. get to see it in this episode, do we? Like the inside of it. The inside? What are you talking about? Yeah, totally. Does he go in? This yeah, episode? he goes in okay. in the scene. All right. He gets there and he goes in. And he's like, oh, wow, what a shithole. But I guess I have to stay here. And there's not a lot more to say about that. Again, no. it's a nacho scene. We're just trying to get him in place for all the shit that goes down in the next episode. Mm-hmm. For now, we're cutting to Mike at Stacy's, playing shoots and marbles with Kaylee and being grumpy. Yeah, she's building this marble track, this, you know, vertical marble mm-hmm. roller coaster thing. And he Just insists that it'll never work. Completely in the dark. Turn on a freaking light. <laughs> Jesus, <that>. man. Yeah. <laughs> like you're trying to burn this kid's eyes out at 10 years old? <laughs> that was a big demand. Also, the lemonade. Did you see how much lemonade was left in that freaking picture uh-huh. when they finally showed it? It was like... She'd had one glass, maybe. That's the third pitcher she had. Oh, is that the key? Did he <laughs> did he make two new pitchers of lemonade over the course yeah. of the night? See, it's that stuff that they don't but, tell but you. But I mean, it's okay. It's so dark in this room, right? Like, <laughs> you're still. It's not <laughs> winter, so because uh-huh. like, Nacho's not wearing a jacket, it's not a problem. Although they're they're in the south, maybe it. But it's a desert. It gets freaking cold at night. If it was the winter, he'd be freezing. He'd be dying. Yeah. Hypothermia type stuff. Totally. It, so, so it's not getting dark super early, which means it's very late at night, and Mike is feeding this kid glass after glass of lemonade. You're never going to get this kid to sleep. He's it's trying, a terrible idea. <laughs> he's trying to train the marble master. It's the only way. <laughs> okay, it's the only yeah. way to do it. He has to keep her awake so she can keep keep that drive going. Got to see Gotta through build the taller. marble. Got to see through. There the marble. is no marble. <laughs> see where the marble is going to be, not where it is. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> all right anyway now now we get to the good stuff we are cutting to kim and jimmy stalking howard at the country club about to lay the groundwork for their terrible what i'm sure will end up being a terrible terrible scheme they uh, are we going to talk about the scheme like right now yeah we're here we're in it babe i'm i'm kind of surprised that this is the plan <laughs> um, I mean, I'm always surprised by this Seems is the plan. Basic, with right? Saul. It's not even that it's basic. It's that Jimmy's going to get Jimmy intentionally gets seen here, as best I can tell. Or, you know, I'm not actually 100 percent sure that that's true. I, I have some theories about this scene. Um, so there, 
they're expecting Howard and Cliff to be there. They're watching them on the golf course, and they're mm-hmm. trying to get inside. And the whole idea of this scheme is they're going to get inside to Howard's locker. They're going to plant a little baggie of cocaine so that it will flop out onto the floor in front of Cliff and make Cliff question, like, oh, is Howard on drugs? Right. Uh, question his reputation. So Jimmy goes in and he wants to get a tour of the place, of the country club. Mm-hmm. And I think his plan when he walks into that place is to get the tour, to ask if he can use the bathroom or whatever, overflow the toilet, cause a scene, all the stuff he does once he gets in there, and then go plant the coke. Right. I think he calls an audible when Kevin shows up. I don't okay. think he was expecting to see Kevin in there. When okay, when Kevin like comes at him, he's because mm-hmm. you notice like the jig's almost up, right? He walks away mm-hmm. and then he thinks better of it and turns around and tries again. Yeah, and that's when you know this. There's a huge scene and all that stuff, but like I, I don't think he expected to see Kevin in there. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that because on the one hand, I can totally see where you're coming from, but on the other hand. He was doing some stuff with his face when he came in that it seemed like he was preparing to be discriminated against in some way. Hmm. Okay. And I don't know if he already had the the Jew card stuff Uh (laughs) percolating in the back of his head or if it was, if he was just going to see what flavor of discrimination it was, if he would be recognized. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting theory that he... I'm not sure he expected Kevin. I I don't know, but yeah, yeah I mean, the the stuff about like the, the anti-Semitism stuff <laughs> is absolutely hilarious. Made doubly hilarious <laughs> when Kevin comes in and and calls him McGill, right? Because you're like, yeah. this isn't even his name. He just made this up, and, and he calls him money grabbing, which is a great thing, right? To say to somebody who is Jimmy yeah. latches onto that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Yeah, Kevin is pretty ineffectual here. It's pretty ineffectual. I it's fun to see him let off some steam, though. Yeah, not gonna lie. I like to see him get run around. <laughs> it was uh, some of the highlights of last season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I really really love this scene. I love <laughs> I love the you know after this whole uh, anti semitism stuff, and he asked to go to the bathroom, which is the second time he's pulled this exact trick. Mm-hmm. Just like oh, all the stress, all the. Stuff it's acting on my IBS this time. He says my di- my div div divert diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. I think is how you say it. Yeah. Uh, right. So this time he uses a fake excuse of that, but he gets him in the bathroom again. Second time he's used toilet paper in inventive ways. <laughs> in well, these schemes. I don't know. This is super inventive. He's he's, <laughs> he's clogging the toilet, man. It's not Fair. that serious. Fair. It's not like he's the first person to come up with this. Yeah, he's not writing a, a friggin' what was that, the letter that he wrote the first time? Oh, yeah, the um, cease, cease and desist or whatever it was. The... Letter of warning that I'm about to yeah. pursue legal action against you. Yeah. But it was absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, he comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got a problem with the bathroom. It's the middle one you can't miss. And I'm like, yeah, there's a mountain, a literal <laughs> mountain. He unrolls like two it's the entire rolls. Roll. Yeah, yeah. And just jams it with just his foot down this toilet. Unnecessary. <laughs> to the point where you can't even see water, right? And, right. And yeah. the toilet paper that's on top isn't even wet, it's which dry. means it's all been absorbed. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's overkill, but it's God. pretty delightful overkill. But then I bet he's wishing he had those couple extra seconds when he gets out and he gets a text from Kim, abort! Yeah. Because <laughs> for some reason, we don't know why, but Howard got called back inside. I wonder what that's about. Mm. Why did he come in early? Because he came in early. We see him. Kim's yeah, watching him. He gets it. a call and he his face like drops and he goes back. I really wonder what that was about. Could be unrelated, but could be unrelated. Could also be Something. significant. I don't know. Maybe Kevin called him. I don't know why. This two have never talked. <laughs> have they? Yeah, they did. They have at the beginning. Yeah, at um, the beginning when Chuck was trying to represent them. When Chuck was alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, very very long time ago and very little contact. Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, hadn't considered that. It's an interesting idea. But I do. I. Love so much Jimmy's use of the bro code to escape <laughs> yeah. notice here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and he does the exact opposite thing you would think he would want to do. Mm-hmm. And and I almost wonder, like, is this panic and him, like, calling an audible? I mean, it's definitely him calling an audible. He doesn't expect Howard and Cliff to come back this soon. But uh, so what he does is, you know, he Howard and Cliff are coming into the room. So real Cliff quick he strips off his pants he strips down to the bone i mean he's yes, just he's butt ass naked. naked uh and he he just sits there with a towel like he's drying his hair with the dry towel to cover his, his face so yeah. howard won't know who he is and it's perfect <laughs> and his ass is hanging out it's it's hilarious and i th- think this is why they put the nudity i think morning. so too i don't think it was the i don't think it was the paintings at the beginning in the mansion when i first saw the painting it's like are you kidding me was, you're yeah, gonna give me a warning too. that a right. renaissance style painting has nudity oh art art has right? nudity shocker but i think it was this actually. it was definitely bob odenkirk's shiny white hiney but the the bonus i think of this little uh twist in the plan is that he gets to be there. He gets to hear exactly To hear the down. reactions and to see, like, his plan come mm-hmm. to fruition. Because he's almost never there when, like... That's true. He messes with people. I yeah. mean, occasionally he is, but also he, there, there are a lot of times when he isn't. And especially against Howard, I feel like he wants to be there. Although, I don't know, his mind is a little changed on Howard, you know? Yeah, he... It does seem like he does not villainize Howard exactly the same way that Kim does, which is fair because Howard wasn't as honestly outright cruel to Jimmy as he was to Kim at different points in her career. Totally. He was a real piece of shit to her in season one. I had forgotten just how mean he was. Uh, was not he... not very many times, but the times that it happened, it was like, wow. Is it over like the Kettleman stuff and so losing unprofessional. that? Case yeah, and or... also Mesa Verde, mm-hmm. when she, she gets this amazing client for them for uh hhm right and, and chuck says i guess she's out of the doghouse and he's yeah, like yeah we'll and howard's see. like yeah we'll see and she's still just in the the that horrible basement room whatever that is again yeah filing she's doing paperwork right for hours yeah even after that and i think that burned her ass pretty bad and she still's not recovered from that yeah he wasn't he wasn't always great to her um but he also had reasons sometimes, like with the Mesa Verde stuff. You know, yeah, and with her associating with around. Jimmy. There's that, too. He's, yeah, always doing shady stuff. I do think that Howard is too smart to just, like, fall for this. Yes. I, I think, like, he's going to realize very quickly 
A, someone is fucking with me, and mm. B, I know exactly who that is. It's the same guy who same I realized threw bowling balls yeah. over my gate and, and smashed my car. My lunch. Sent hookers to lunch. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sex workers. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I don't think he's going to be like bamboozled by this whole thing. I, I do think there will be a little bit of back and forth here. That's what I'm thinking too, because I'm right there with you. It is. It's too obvious. Yeah. Like who else would plant something on him? Yeah. At this this is this is the opposite of subtle too. Like I, Kim, Kim wonders. You know, was were we too subtle with this plan? And I'm thinking, no. If anything, like that's very not subtle. Like having Jimmy mm-hmm. make a scene because that's the other thing. That's like, the other thing. Th- that's yeah. the reason I think that Kevin was an audible and not expected is because I don't think Jimmy wanted to be seen here by anybody who could connect him to the scene. Like would like really know who he is and his yeah. name and everything and talk to Howard. Because Kevin runs in the same circles that Howard does, apparently. Like, mm-hmm. they're all in the same country club. And if right. next week, Kevin goes up to Howard and is like, I saw that dumbass Jimmy in here trying to be uh, whatever, whatever the other day. And he's like, oh, that day? That's the day that the coke fell out of my locker. He's going to mm-hmm. immediately connect the dots. You would think. Yeah, you would think. So I think Jimmy just wanted to get in and out without being seen. But Right. I also, I have to think, the last time Jimmy really took somebody down... It was his brother. And yeah. he did it by basically pointing out that his brother hated him, mm-hmm. essentially. So I have to wonder if this whole thing with him and Kevin in front of all these people, if that might actually end up helping him in the end because you got somebody else, some other high-powered, rich uh, white man giving him shit. Yeah, Publicly. I think I think it does. Like, it's a really if it is a pivot and he didn't expect it, it's mm-hmm. a really good, smooth one. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and it's a fun one too. It's so. a fun one. Also, why do they use baby powder? Because Jimmy's got stuff, yeah. connections to right? the underworld. Like he can he can call up Kate Beckinsale and get a eighth of coke. That's how that's how underworld coke works. got you. I see. Yeah. I see where you went there. I, yeah. I had to think about that one for the a second. The criminal underworld, full of vampires and uh, superheroes. Trench coats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can get, you know, a, a gram of Coke or whatever he needs you to stick in his locker. Which makes me Because they sniff it. If, if they just, like, if there was some on the outside mm-hmm. and, like, they got their nose too close to it, you could smell baby powder. Right. But, like, the jig would be up. They would know, like, oh, somebody's messing with me. It's not just a thing that happened. Yeah. I I wonder, did Howard keep that? Did he just immediately throw it away because it looked weird? I mean, he's a lawyer, so I would hope that he would keep it. It's evidence, right? Could be. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, why didn't they use the real stuff? I hope that comes into play at some point. Probably because the writers thought it was cuter (laughs) if it was baby powder. (laughs) Because it's Kim being in control of everything. Maybe maybe she doesn't want to buy drugs. I mean, go scrape the cash that Lalo gave you and you'll find enough coke to plant. <laughs> right? What's the thing in Scarface? It's like every... What is the thing they say about uh, oh, yeah, cash? Is it every... Like, every dollar bill has a certain percentage of cocaine on it just right. because of Cause the world. all of it has been through drug cartels at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Seriously. There's coke out there. You can find it. You can use it. There's definitely... There's got to be more realistic... Uh, Coke replacements than baby powder, right? Yeah. At least pick something that doesn't smell. You're right. Dumb. 
But maybe, but maybe no, not necessary. We'll see. Maybe they guessed correctly. All right, final scene. We meet up with Lalo on his way back over the border. But one tortured phone call later, he decides he's not going after all. And he goes back yeah. south. This is, so he calls up uh, Hector. Don Hector. And Hector's like, puerta, or whatever the Spanish word for proof is. Yeah, it was P-R-U. They got that far. And then Lalo was like, oh, I'm going to make some guesses here. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> right? How freaking <laughs> tedious. I mean, this is before the board, even, yeah. where you could at least, like, kind of run your finger past it and right. a little faster. Or oh, what? That was that was the mechanic, right? God, I don't remember how he communicated in Breaking Bad other than shitting in his pants. It was just the bell, I think, right? No, Did there was he some... Have more? Oh. I mean, he did have a bell, but when when he was communicating with people who were at the hospital, I think he was yeah using a board or something. Mm. Letters did on they it. didn't have the, the eyeball technology. Oh, like the Stephen Hawking stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so so yeah, he calls up Hector, and Hector like somehow knows that there's proof that Gus was involved in this, and I don't for the life of me know what it is. Like. Either the writers, either it's something we haven't seen that mm-hmm. will make sense once we see it, or the writers have remembered something so minuscule and so clever that I just didn't pick up on it as a viewer. I I wonder if you might be overthinking it a little bit because they... Or it's so obvious that it's yeah <laughs> hidden in plain sight, maybe. Well, so here's the thing. The first uh, scene that is back at Lalo's um, Hacienda... They spend, the camera spends a little bit of time on that lock and the, the mm-hmm. liquor glasses. Yeah. And then later in the, I'm going to keep calling it the, the thing that I forgot what I call it, the chicken trailer. Oh, yeah. Later on in the chicken trailer, when all the, all the evidence, like the photographic evidence is laid out, that fucking lock is there again. Mm-hmm. And that, it's probably the only thing they have, but I don't think that they're trying to make a case to like the cops or anything i think they're just trying to throw enough doubt toward uh one bolsa and don Eladio that they are willing to go along with the plan of nixon gus and his whole thing hmm okay we know it doesn't we know it doesn't work i, I just don't know that? what ties it to gus inherently like even if you could tie it to nacho i mean nacho is the thing that ties it to gus i mean yeah. that's and we're going to talk about that next episode mm. significantly. But, like, yeah, if they if they get Nacho, he, he's the only one who knows that this was connected to Gus. So, like, yeah. th- th- who isn't, you know, directly working for him? Um, right. I just don't think a lock proves anything. I don't I don't think a glass of whiskey proves anything. Like, yeah. none of that, none of that's going to prove to Eladio that Gus was behind this. Yeah, no, that's Like, fair. what, chicken bones at the scene? <laughs> like, eating chicken wings? I... See? See? Tasted. Spice curls. <laughs> right? The spice it's curls. a lot of spice curls. Uh-huh. <laughs> These aren't even released yet. Look no. at this one. I call it baby. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's scary. Oh, my God. Spice curls. Curls. <laughs> wow. I did not expect to end this podcast with a Spice Girls joke, but here we are. Oh, that's what you get for podcasting with me, my dear. I gotta say, the one other thing about this scene. Um, 
It's a, a. Yeah, so he's going to look for for uh, evidence to link it to Gus. But mm-hmm. also, when he calls Hector, um, he he when the when the person answers the phone and says like this is wherever wherever, he uh, addresses them in Spanish, and I think this is his way to determine whether or not the person that's going to be holding the phone for uh, Hector oh, good point. could understand what he's saying in case they were listening. Yeah. In. That's nice. I That's think nice because then catch. they're like, oh, we can get somebody who speaks Spanish for you. He's like, no, 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 right, no, no. Right. And no, 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 please don't actually. And then proceeds to speak Spanish to Hector. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's trying to just make sure eh, one more layer of safety here that somebody isn't going to hear anything weird. It's subtle. It's good. It makes me wonder why we spent any time at all earlier in the episode with anybody thinking that Lalo was dead because by the end of this episode, Don Hector already knows that he's alive again. Right. So like, yeah. eh, why even have the cousins or the nephews? Yes, both. They're both. But it's fine. We got yeah, to see their shiny you're right. shirts we, again. We have to see like the aftermath, I guess, of it. Really, sure. what it is is to point out that there's a body double there. Um, so maybe the authorities might think he's dead. Yeah. The federales or whoever. Yeah, just uh, more of an establishing shot than anything else. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, boy, these poor... Poor, yeah, right. These coyotes did not know what they were in for. Oh, right, because that's the other part of this, right? That is the other part I of this. It's more murder. This. More murder. Yeah. More casual murder. Yep. Well, I mean... They probably deserved it. They wouldn't give him his money back. I feel like they were ripping him off. Yeah, probably they're also to die. <laughs> maybe helping people escape gang violence too. Yeah. So there's that. I feel bad for those people on the truck. Yeah, they're I mean they get their money back, but they, they do get their money back. We're probably counting on. They probably have people waiting for them on the other side. Maybe they might have like really bad situations that they have to go back to now that they thought they were out of. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. They got to find a new hookup to get them across the border. That like, alone. that's probably not easy. Yeah. I mean, who, how many towns was this one group of people servicing? We'll never know. Yeah. And Lala just took out that whole chain of everything for his own mm-hmm. nefarious ends. He's leaving a uh, path of wreckage behind him. He sure is. Path a mile wide. Man is not subtle. Nope. Smart, but not subtle. Anyway, that's uh, episode one. We've that's got a whole other episode to cover. Yeah. Uh, these aired on the same night, if you're listening to this in 2283. Wow. I've well, been dead for exactly eight years. Anybody so. still give a shit about podcasts in 2283? I cannot imagine that that would be the case. I don't know. Are we using anything from 260 years ago? No. Running I can't water. even. That's what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to remember. What existed yeah. 260 years ago? Nothing. Nothing. Dirt. Trains, I guess. Pets. Uh, not even trains. Animals. All right. Anyway, um, that'll be it for this episode. We will see you guys next time. If you want to send in feedback, we're not doing feedback on this episode because logistics. There are two mm-hmm. for this week. Uh, we're going to be t- considering all feedback at bcs at baldmove.com. Uh, for those who are interested in sending in their thoughts. Uh, let us know what you thought about the episodes. Let us know if we got anything wrong, got anything right. If you can connect the dots on when Saul wore that suit, mm, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because that's going to take a bit of research to figure out a cloud, cloud source. Crowdsource that. What cloud source? 
Or cloud source it. We're all the cloud. We're all part of the cloud. We are the cloud. It's true. <laughs> we are cloud. I guess that's it. So we'll see you guys here in like five seconds when you click over to the next podcast. Because you're definitely, you're going to do that, right? You're just going to listen to the next one? Yeah? You're going to do that? Obviously. All right, cool. Bye. I mean, we were so good here <laughs> <laughs> that of course they are. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. See Bye. ya.